Hello and welcome to another edition of the Photography Bar podcast. Uh, today we discuss the R6 Mark II Canon um, Centers uh, model for review and we'll let you know our thoughts. Uh, there's also a strange story um, regarding wedding photography so do stay tuned for that one and lastly we do discuss um, Frank Kosick, uh, the artist known for um, albums for uh, Nirvana and The Offspring, um, also the, the artist group Hypnosis and we also give a quick nod um, to Coronation Photographer Hugo Bernand. Hi Cam, how you doing? You all right? I'm very well, thanks. You're, you're looking very well. And I'm hoping you say to me, you're looking well. Oh, you're well, looking marvellous, Cam. You're looking absolutely <laughs> marvellous for a man of your age. <laughs> the, reason, the reason why I say that is because um, I'm using a new Pixar Pro light to, to light myself up here. Yes, uh, you are. And yes, you I just are. wanted to give it a go on this on this recording to see what it was like. And um, this, this, I, <laughs> despite that uh, feat of lighting uh, technology, um, you, you still seem to be on four by three. So you still look like you're in the 90s, Cam, I have to say. I don't know why. I don't know why that's happened. I was <laughs> something that's uh, like that. Anyway, on with anyway. today's show. <laughs> well, let's let's kick off really because um, we've been really lucky that Canada centers uh, the R6 Mark II to have a play with. Now, obviously, this camera's been out since 2022 now, so we do understand this is not really an exclusive. But we just thought we've had a play around with it, uh, and we just thought we'd share our thoughts about it. So, um, so yeah. So me and Cam, we had it at a wedding that we were shooting together. And um, I, I predominantly had a play with it there. And I think, Cam, you then took it away and took it to other shoots as well. Uh, before we crack on with what we thought about it, because the one thing this is not going to be is a massively detailed review. Um, you can go online to all sorts of places for that. We just wanted to really share what we thought about it. But I did think we need to highlight some of the differences between the original R6 Mark I and now the Mark II, just so people know what we're talking about. So um, I won't go through all of this. I have, um, I've been, I've been given this information from my interns, of course. Um, so I am going to be reading this part a little bit because my brain isn't big enough to remember all this stuff. Um, so the, I guess the headline feature really, uh, first off is, is, is the megapixel difference, although it's only a slight difference. So the, the R6 has a 20.1 megapixel, um, 35 mil format CMOS sensor, uh, whereas the Mark II has a 24.2 megapixel. So a four megapixel difference, which makes a slight difference, I think. Um, as you can imagine, the, the, the mount's the same, they're both weatherproof, of course they are. Um, the internal stabilization is exactly the same. Um, the continuous shooting is a, is, a, is faster on the Mark II. You can go up to 40 frames per second, uh, where the fastest on the R6 is 20 frames per second. ISO is pretty much the same as in the shutter speeds. Nothing much difference there. Uh, and there is some differences in the viewfinders, which I'm not really going to go into because both viewfinders look great to me when I was using it. So, um, But the other, I think, big one for me was the autofocus system. They have vastly improved the autofocus system, which I think is phenomenal on the R6 but it's even better on the Mark II, which I'll go into in a bit. Um, dimensions of the camera are exactly the same. However, they have shed nearly or just over 200 grams of weight. Um, 
So the R6 was 680 grams and the Mark II is 670. Oh no, sorry, that's 10 grams of weight. I can't read my own writing. Uh, so yeah, um, so 10 grams of weight, which which is good. You know, and that's included in the card and the, the memory card there. Um, so yeah, it's it's not like a massive revolution, but it, you know, there are some good points in here, which we'll, we'll discuss. So Cam, you, you wanted to talk about the body, didn't you, first of all? I did, yes, because when uh, we received this camera from Canon, it, firstly, it comes in a, in, in a solid Peli case, mm. uh, not, not the sort of case that, that, that a photographer would use for uh, carrying gear around in, in, on, on an actual shoot, but it's the way it's said. But, you know, uh, I love a Peli case. And it's you do love a Peli uh, case. Just, just the case, the way, the way Canon send it to us uh, is fantastic. But anyway, taking, taking the camera out, um, out, of the, out of the case, uh, looking at the body, it's got the usual beautiful ergonomics now i always you know when i was really a predominantly a nikon user i always preferred the feel of a nikon to a canon then i moved to sony never got on with the sony ergonomics corners were too yeah. sharp they are a bit sharper um, aren't they then i moved to canon and i found in actual fact now when i compare the canon r range to the nikon z range i find the canon's far more comfortable um, nikon seems to have gone for that squarer look it seems that sharper edge and when you're using a camera all day every day a lot of the time i know it sounds crazy but those curved edges do make a big difference so the handling and the feel of it is 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 beautiful it's exactly the same as a mark one uh except one major difference is really the buttons uh the two buttons that have changed the on off switch which we're always used to having on the left so if you look at the top and you look to the left that's where the on off switch is traditionally uh with it and with the other canon cameras as well that uh, that i've used and uh this time what they've actually done is um uh, sorry the what they've actually done is they've shifted the on off switch they've shifted it over to the left side the side that your shutter button is on and it it's attached, I would say, as a way of putting it, to the uh, to another dial. And depending on how you assign it, how you custom assign it, that dial you can use to adjust your shutter, aperture, ISO, or whatever. Mm. Um, you can't, at first I thought, oh, but can you accidentally turn it on and off while you're turning that dial? But you can't do that. It's, it's, it's very well put together. But yeah. on the left side, they've replaced the on-off button, on, which is on the left side, as I said, with a simple switch to flick from photography to video. Um, which I thought was interesting because they're basically saying, or oh, it says to me that a lot of people want to use this for video. So, and, and, and they want to go to a quick switch. Mm. Well, one of the things that Canon have uh, suggested with this, and it's not something that we really looked at with the video, is that they have solved the overheating problem that the, the Mark I had. So I'm guessing they are really trying to push this as, you know, a, a good relevant camera for videographers as well which i'd imagine is why that they've made that switch a bit more obvious sorry and I'll, I'll mention a couple of things on video as well uh, as we go on in, a, in mm. a few moments and then looking at the body again the the this uh, everything else the, the connectors all seem to be the same uh, battery again is the same as uh, on the mark six mark one and mark two except the battery life i believe is better on the mark two i didn't use it for long enough to uh to to see a notable difference but stats have proved that it, it is actually better on the mark ii um you know great dual sd cards thank you canon for doing sd cards you've not gone down the xqd card route or compact flash or something you know you've, you've kept the sd you'll use a friendly and that's what i love about it 
um, mm. Canon have got the usual uh, dial, the, the classic Canon dial on the back, um, uh, which is which, which is essential. But recently, Love though, the dial. I got my hands on an which, which I got my hands on an R8 uh, recently as well, and that's Canon's budget, should we say, budget full frame camera, and it doesn't mm -hmm. have the dial on the back, which is actually threw me on that. No, it doesn't. No. Um, but there is a considerable price difference between the, the R8 and uh, looking at sort of the R6 models as well. So generally, though, the mode dial isn't the same. It's beautiful. It's a lovely camera to handle, lovely camera, to, you know, um, getting used to, um, the on off switch being on the flipped over onto the right hand side. I thought, oh, I don't like that. But really, to be honest with you, it's a matter of just getting used to it. And I'd got used to it after just having it in my hand for a few minutes, really, and then didn't think anything of it. Um, so really, I'll be honest, I did I did switch over to video mode accidentally whilst trying to turn it on. I did that a couple of times <laughs> when I was using it. But like you say, it's just about getting used to it because it becomes muscle memory, doesn't it? When you're when you're used to where it is, and you 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 you'll, you'll get over that absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, as far as um, the feel of it was concerned, the good thing about this review that Mark and I have done with it really is is we use it on actual shoots. So mm. the day after we received it, we used it at, at a wedding. We used it mm. there in situs. But what I did before we used it was um, I, when I take it, took it out of the box, I did just a few shots uh, around the office, um, downloaded the card, made sure the pictures were on there, that, that sort of thing. And then thought, mm. OK, right, we're good to go. We're going to use it at, at a wedding. And, and we just went with it. Um, so uh, using using it there at the wedding, I know there were a few notable differences, Mark, that I, I know that you're going to talk about, particularly with the autofocus, which we'll come on to next. Mm. Um, and then um, I used it on a couple of other shoots as well. So rather than using it in sort of, uh, shall we say, um, uh, like lab tests, okay, mm. we used it on actual shoots. as, And I think that's really what people really want to find out um, from us. And we'll be telling you uh, a little bit about that. But Mark, let's kick off with, should we kick off with the focus? Because that was the biggest thing that you found, really, that was your, your immediate reaction was, wow, this yeah. is amazing. I did like the new focusing system. I mean, I say new focusing system. It's basically an improvement of the old one. Um, when I first got the Mark One, I really loved the eye focus. I've always been quite dubious about these automatic point choosing selection modes that, that you can get on cameras. So I've never really used them. I've always manually selected my focus point. Um, but the eye focus was really good. Um, with the Mark Two, they've kind of improved it and they've made it, uh, they just increased the functionality of it. So with the Mark One, you have the eye tracking uh, mode, and then you have a point mode, which is back to manually choosing your own focus point mode, like like the SLRs did, the SLRs did. And then you've got some center weighted um, modes and and other modes in there. Um, but it's only one mode on the Mark One that you can actually use the eye tracking on. With the Mark Two, the eye tracking is available on all those modes. Uh, which is which is really really good um and they made use of the new joypad which they have at the back of the of the, of the camera um and you, if you put it on the manual so if you're choosing your focus point mode <laughs> it's really difficult to explain um then you use joypad and it's a nice smooth sort of move over to the point that you want rather than having to click it every time which is great um but even if that that mode is just somewhat on someone's face it will automatically then go to the eye straight away uh, which i really liked and it's the same with the center weighted ones so you know if you, it has two center weighted modes where it focuses on the center of the camera either horizontally 
or or vertically. So it's a strip down down the middle, either horizontally or, or, or vertically. And if your subject spaces are in those areas, it will automatically go to the eye, which on the Mark 1, it doesn't do. It does something similar, but it's not the eye, not like the Mark 2. So I was really impressed. Now, I did take the mickey out of the uh, focusing system a few episodes ago. So actually, it was quite a few episodes ago when, when it first came out because it has the new ze zebra detecting, the eye detecting mode, um, which, you know, being in being in England, the lack of zebras, it didn't really bother me. But um, actually, I have to say the overall eye focusing was 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 quicker and, and more more accurate than the, the Mark One, um, especially in lower light conditions. I found there was a there was a good improvement. It also detected torsos a lot better, so it knew where people were a lot better. And this is already you know a really good system anyway. It's just improved upon, um, and that was the thing that I really noticed. Um, I and I think that you know any wedding photographer family photographer or anyone who really needs that you know really does rely on a quick accurate focusing system um i think that's probably the biggest thing that that blew my mind away rather than something like the extra four megapixels which really isn't that yeah. much yeah and and to me i'm not really used to using the auto eye i auto focus mm. um but i had a go with it and yeah i i could really see that uh it it was an upgrade from uh the mark one incredibly quick and we were using it in low light as well that was, you know that was mm. the other thing and then we were using it with a 2472.8 lens canon mm. had sent us a 24105 f4 but we we, we put a 2472.8 because we, we knew that we were shooting particularly with the wedding there we were shooting that in low light coming on to the sensor which you just mentioned there mark you know you've got the difference between the mark one which is uh 20 about 20 uh megapixels it's 20.1 yeah, and sorry, just go back to my notes. Is, yeah, 20.1 to 24.2, that's the difference. Yeah, now, um, is that a noticeable difference? So um, immediately I would sort of think, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's, it, you know, I wouldn't base my decision on buying a camera based on the megapixels, you know, when you're talking well, of that four sort of of range. <laughs> and I still and, and I still wouldn't. However, what I did notice, though, that I did some of the pictures that were shot at the wedding that were shot in lower light conditions that when I zoomed into them on screen uh, I, and that's when they were downloaded, not in the back of the camera, of course, um, I noticed that there was a, a definite difference in quality. I thought the Mark II was better um, in low light. However, not enough to it for it to be really noticeable. And I had to really zoom in into those images as well. So, for in my opinion, uh, that the that there is there is a difference. But if you were basing your decision on jumping from the Mark One to the Mark Two based on that, then I wouldn't necessarily say that was uh, a game changer in any way. Um, the the other thing that I wanted to mention was um, the continuous shooting mode. Now, this will shoot in electronic shutter mode up to 40 frames a second, which mm. is incredible. That's yeah. double what the Mark II is doing. Yeah. And Mark it, I had a go at uh, Mark I. And it, I had a go at it. And now, honestly, it, you, you just know it's going at such a rapid rate. Mm. Um, and again, I think it's one of those things that you've got to sort of decide for yourself, how useful am I going to find this? You know, don't don't go out and buy a camera because it does this, this and this and something that you're never actually going to use. But the fact that it does that for, to, for the photographers that are going to need to shoot something at 40 frames a second, you know, it, it, it's incredible. It, it, for me, 
I'm not going to, I never shoot continuous mode at a wedding. I know a lot of photographers do. I know, say, the confetti shots going on and they'll, and, and they'll keep that rapid button going. But no, for me, I still shoot single shot each time with that because I can work very, very quickly. And at the end of the day, how many images can you sort of, or do you want mm. to be editing? You don't need to be using, I think a lot of photographers that are just shooting, just, just push their finger down and keep down at weddings. I don't think, for me, that's a, that, that, that just doesn't, that just doesn't work. I mean, I'd um, agree with you there. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I, I think I use the, 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 or I think I use that more than you do, uh, but not to the extent where I'd need 40 frames per second at a wedding. <laughs> um, no, it, I, I like using the server. I probably do a quick succession of about two or three shots. Um, but that's it really. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I just yet, but, as I said, you know, motorsport photographers might find that incredibly useful. That's just it. The fact that it can do it is what I think is is the ability to, for the camera to be able to do it is a real plus. For some people that do want to do that, um, it's important to them, which is which is absolutely great. And now just a few other things I just wanted to touch on. We were doing a shoot the other day, Mark, where we were trying to connect the Mark One via Wi-Fi, uh, if you remember. And yes. Mm, yeah that was a bit hit and miss wasn't it but, well we got uh, it working in the end oh, we did sort it in the end however yeah. the mark ii now this is different the mark ii you can correct you can connect your camera with a cable directly to your phone yeah. and you can control right your you can control your camera the mark ii from your phone and i mm. think that is absolutely brilliant to be yeah, able do. to do that it's absolutely great and so that's a real plus. However, for iPhone users, Mark, I know that there is a flaw if you're an iPhone user. Oh, yeah. Okay? What's yeah, that? There are flaws. There are flaws with Apple products. Okay. So I'm sure they'll connect, fix it. Right. You cannot connect using uh, your camera. Uh, you, can, you cannot connect your phone to the R6 Mark II using your normal um, iPhone cable, the one that you use to charge yeah, with. I'd you need have to buy a different. Yeah, you need to buy yeah. a different cable for it, but you don't need to do that with Android. So, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, if you drive a Jaguar, you have to buy more expensive tires. You know, it's just one of those things. <laughs> so, uh, so for me, that was now I used it on a couple of other shoots. One was a product shoot using it in studio. Um, I mean, great. I mean, I, to be honest with you, it was no different to using it to the to the Mark One quality the images absolutely fantastic uh, no issues there um with it before i touch on um price and uh, a little bit about video mark anything that you want to mention on the photography aspect of it uh no not really other than the fact that uh and i know i've spoken about the autofocus system but i have to say i was using i, I used it uh with two different lenses so i used your uh 2470 on it um, as well as my 7200 on it. Um, and there is a difference between the RF and the EF. Undoubtedly, there is. But if I hadn't used the RF, I wouldn't have been using my EF lens going, oh, this isn't working. It was still really quick, still really good. Um, so, you know, if you are worrying about um, about that element of it with the adapter, actually, it still works really, really well. It's just the RF lens connection is just even better. But um, because I'd imagine, and, and just going, I mean, I'm not sure if it's where you're going to, but who, who would buy this camera? I think um, 
if you've got a Mark One, I wouldn't necessarily swap my Mark One for the Mark Two. I don't think there's that much of an improvement on it. However, if I was a DS, just DSLRs, if I was in a position I was a couple of years ago and I was looking for my first mirrorless, I would go for the Mark Two over the Mark One because it's from DSLR to Mark Two. Um, but you'd probably have the EF, the EF lenses. Um, use the adapter. You don't have to trade in all your lenses straight away. You, you can use the adapter and it'll be fine. Yeah, I'd agree with the, everything that you said there, Mark. Um, if you've not got uh, one of the R-range cameras, if you've not obviously not got the Mark One, and you're comparing the Mark One and the Mark Two, and what which one should I get? Go for the Mark Two. Um, mm. The price difference is about three to four hundred pounds. So when you're spending mm -hmm. that sort of money, it's 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 really not the end of the world, really. You know that that you're going to go for the Mark One over the Mark Two because buy the newer model because there are extra features on that. You know the menu system is a little bit different one thing that i would like to say on that menu system is that the, the canon mark ii does have a quick information uh um menu within its menu system which uh, i find a little bit confusing but it's just one of those things where you uh, just have to get used to it that's all but so the price difference isn't all that great if you don't if you don't if you're thinking of going into canon and you're thinking of buying one of the r models the r6 mark ii yes definitely go for that the adapters as Mark was saying, there is a difference, in my opinion, when you put the adapter on to use your old lenses, there but is. it's minimal. Yeah, there is. But yeah, um, it is. It is a. It is a lovely change. I mean, I want to get some RF lenses because it is there, but you don't have to do it at the same time. Um, I'm not sure. If, I think there is a greater price difference, is or not, between the the Mark One and the Mark Two, though. Cam, is that? It'd be where I'd been looking. You know, I noticed yeah. that differences. I, I suppose the most, you know, was probably maybe I around. Four, I'm 450 I saw I'm just judging on what because I paid for mine was about 2000 pounds now that wasn't an amazing deal um uh, and that was at the the photography show a couple of years ago now um and that was 19999 is what I bought it for so 19 yeah 1999 pounds and 99p um how much is the R is how much is the Mark II going for it's going for about is it is it 27 something like that yeah or, something like that look? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, if I mean for me, that's like almost a third difference. So it's there's a bit. I mean, in the scheme of cameras, it's not that much. I agree. Mm. Um, but this is why I probably wouldn't upgrade mine yet because actually that 800 quid, it's almost like a third. You know, it's 800 quid, isn't it? It's 800 quid difference, um, which is almost a third again. Um, but but yeah, it's um, it, like I say, if I was a DSLR user, I'd go for the Mark II every time. Exactly. I just want to finish off just on that, uh, on just on the video. I just want to touch on a couple of yeah, yeah. things. Uh, I know a lot of people are interested in shooting video and what it does, but really it's just key differences. Not really going to talk about quality because we didn't really test it for video. We test it really for photography. Um, first of all, um, the shooting, and I did do this, okay, is I left the camera running because I, I wanted to just, uh, I just, I just filled my office, filled my office while it was just empty. And I just left it, the camera running and I turned it off after an hour and 10 minutes. It doesn't stop after 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah. And that's, and, and that is a massive plus that mm. I, I can't, I, you know, for, for that feature alone, the camera is worth buying. You know, if you shoot video, it doesn't stop after 20 minutes or 30 minutes. It doesn't, it doesn't do that, which I think is, is absolutely incredible. Um, the video button as i was saying is on the left so you can flick easily to video but the other thing mm. on the video and the last thing i wanted to touch on really was that you can custom set 
the dial modes separately for photography and for video. Now you can't do and that you. on the Mark One. Okay, that's that's yeah. a really useful function. Mm. Because I know that we use the Sony's for video, um, and we custom set those for the video. So we use the custom set buttons all the time for that, and I think it's great. My final thing I want to say is that where has where is the difference in the ten grams weight? <laughs> where is it, Mark? Um, there's, ten... there's ten grams difference, um, <laughs> um, which I mistook for two hundred grams difference about fifteen minutes ago. So sorry about that, guys. But yeah, ten grams difference. Uh, no, where's it? Where's it gone? Yeah, we don't know. Something's missing. Something's been added. Who knows? But well, <laughs> a great. <laughs> it was uh it, it, it's it's a great camera and yeah. uh if you're thinking of buying it we think of upgrading whatever yeah don't don't hesitate find yeah. the best deal that you can get go out and get it and it's uh a... you'll be you you'll be good to go yeah you won't be disappointed with it um it's it's, it's a really good piece of kit and i say when i upgrade my the, the the last dslr i have when i upgrade it it'll it'll be to the mark ii i'm sure yeah good stuff now, Mark, I want to go on to something different, which uh, is is a very strange story that we've picked up on this week. Um, it's it's funny, but it's also a little bit odd and quite serious in a way. And it relates to a wedding photographer. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're a wedding photographer or not. This is still going to be of interest to you, yeah. okay? Because you know anyone could be in a similar sort of situation, regardless of the shoot. So, Mark, do you want to explain it? Yeah, so I mean, actually, I've got my wife to thank for finding this one on BuzzFeed. Uh, she said, "You got to check. You, you got to check this out." Um, and uh, you know, it's not April the first either, by the way. Uh, but yeah, basically, a photographer from Johannesburg um, shot a wedding back in 2019, and it concluded in you know the usual way. Um, uh, bride and groom are very happy. I think it was photography and video, uh, but both bride and groom are very happy with the results. Um, really, really happy, and you know, that was it. Everything was concluded. Everyone went on with their lives. Um, but um, uh, yeah, four years later, which I think was a couple of weeks ago for the photographer, um, basically got had uh, the bride contact him. And um, basically the bride said, you know, how are you? And the photographer's like, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, he said, well, you know, uh, not sure if you remember me, but um, you took some photos of me and, and for my wedding, um, but, me and my husband are now divorced and we won't be needing the photographs anymore. So uh, we'd like a full refund, please. Mark, shall we, sorry to interject there, shall we read the transcript? Because we've got the transcript, haven't we? We here? do, we okay. do. And it's makes really interesting reading, listening, okay? And so why don't we do this, Mark? Why don't you right. be the customer and I'll be the photographer, Romeo. Okay. Okay, yeah. so listen, you, you start, okay, because... If you're out there and you listen to this, have a mm. listen to this because we're going to read the transcript out as as it was in as it actually happened. Yeah. Now, please do bear in mind um, the grammar from the the customer isn't the best, so it's a bit strange to read. So it's not that I can't read. <laughs> um, and also, the guy was called Lance Romeo, and she uh, her first one as uh, she says, "Hi Romeo, how are you?" Question mark. I don't know if you still remember me. You did photo shoots for me at my wedding in Durban in 2019. Hey, I'm okay, thank you. Trust you're well. Yes, I remember. How may I be of service? Well, I'm now divorced and those pictures I and my ex-husband don't need them anymore. 
you did a wonderful job on them, but they went to waste as we are now divorced. I will need a refund of the amount we paid you because we don't need them anymore. Pardon me? This has to be a joke, right? No, dear. I'm very serious. Oh, I'm very sorry to hear that you and your husband are divorced, but as I'm sure you can figure out, that's not going to happen. Photography is a non-refundable service once I've already delivered to you the service and the pictures. I can't refund you because I can't untake the pictures. Take care now. Now, you'd think that would probably just stop it there, wouldn't you? But no, this carries on, people. Okay, so um, that is something you must have in your contract, that no refunds. Again, that's it, that are no refunds. I think it's most men, but never mind. Um, but you didn't. So I'm entitled to demand a refund as I'm no longer in need of your pictures. I understand it's not your fault, but you are a business and as such, you must be able to grant refunds. No, ma'am, you're not entitled to a refund. I would like to remain professional with you and just reassure you that you will not be getting a refund. It's bad enough you want a refund four years later. It's unfortunately embarrassing on your part, so there'll be no refund. Only thanks. Take care now. You will be hearing from my lawyer. I forwarded him everything. Sharp. Lol, I'm sure I'm still being pranked. There's no way. Look, I really sympathise with you on the divorce. I can imagine what you went through, but this is not the way to deal with it. Other than that, there's really nothing more I can do for you. Good, warm Good morning, Romeo. Uh, it's fine. Um, it's fine then. Let our lawyers deal with it. At least refund 70% of the money and I can move on and heal from everything. Where are you? I'm in Joburg. Can we meet and discuss this issue way forward? Wow. She told me she wants the money you paid me back because you guys are now divorced and the pictures are useless now. Imagine. And uh, no, you're that's, talking, that's, that's the husband. Yeah, I think the... Yeah, I think the... Well, so what happened was the conversation changed a little bit because their husband got in touch and I think... Yeah, and I think he, yeah, I'm missing a little bit on here. Yeah. And I think he then got in touch and he apologised. Um, he did. So He and, was and embarrassed on her behalf. Um, and But also, I think, which was also um, uh, interesting, is the lawyer did actually get in touch with uh, Lance. Uh, it's, it's Lance, Lance from Mayor Photography, this is. So, um, yeah, and basically, uh, they both laughed about it. And the lawyer was like, look, you've got nothing to worry about. There is no case here um and then since then i'm pretty sure i read on this twitter that she wanted like that this the same refund lady wanted to hire uh lance again for divorce photos Good and me. um <laughs> lance i think very politely told her to jog on um but uh, i mean so the one thing that did actually come out of it and something that he did actually say was that and even in a conversation when she tried to hire him again was that uh, his that he's actually now changed his contract to say that if you were to get divorced, there are no refunds. Um, and it just goes to show really how, as ridiculous as that all sounded, it could have gone the other way. Because by law, technically, I don't know. I mean, is that in your contract, Cam? Uh, it, 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 the whole story is just odd. Mm. You know, um, yes, you know, every every contract, every photographer should have a contract to protect themselves and also to protect the customer as well. You know, um, that's just, 
you know, and, and you can pick holes with any with, with every contract. I'm sure some photographers have been in a situation where, you know, a customer has, has said something, complained about something, and they've looked in their contract and thought, oh, actually, this contract isn't quite watertight. You know, a, 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 I, I guess a good lawyer is going to, you know, be able to pick anything apart, really. Mm. So, I mean, it's just beyond really comprehension that this has happened. I mean, I, I like the bit really, which says, well, okay, well, look, let's, let's agree on 70% here. I know. Um, something <laughs> isn't quite, yeah, so, so something isn't quite right there, is it? But, but actually, I, I guess, Mark, the serious message from this is for all photographers, wedding photographers, portrait photographers, commercial photographers, um, content creators, do yeah. you have a contract in place of any sort? Okay, and if you haven't, um, then you should do. Then you should look yeah. at it. Um, no need to panic. Just do it. If it's if 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 it's something that you did some time ago and you've not updated it, then you need to look at that. I'm sure uh, uh, most people probably did something because of COVID. They put they put something in their terms and conditions over COVID, and I bet you a lot of people did actually review their whole terms and conditions with that. Mm. And in actual fact, if you now go back to your contract, it might be out of date because of COVID. So mm. always keep your contract up to date. I can guarantee that someone's going to be able to pick holes in it and say, oh, you weren't happy with your photos, but the, the photographer, you signed a contract somewhere along the line, you know, it, you know, it, you know, the holes may be, might be found and you may end up having to refund some money back and that type of thing. But I think um, it, th this is an odd one, but it's a, but there's a lesson to be learned there as well yeah. from photographers, you know, and too many people taking risks. And, you know, it's like that thing. You know, it's not just wedding photographers, but, you know, we get it now from a, a lot of places of work that we go to where, you know, you, they want you to sign a risk, uh, you know, sorry, uh, they want you to do a risk assessment. They want you to make sure that your equipment is pat tested. You know, you've got to have a number of things in place. You know, some people are asking for 10 million pounds public liability insurance. We, we have that because of the, the work that we do. But mm. to ask a lot of photographers to put in place 10 million pound public liability insurance is, you know, when they send the risk assessment through, it's not really for photographers, but they're sending it out. You know, venues are protecting themselves, I guess. Yeah, um, that's so I think it is. So I, I, I think I think the lesson there learned is 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 check your contracts and and look at it uh, and get that up to date. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now I want to go on to uh, a different story here. Uh, Frank Kozik, uh, an iconic graphic artist behind album covers, um, including albums that he did for Nirvana, uh, posters and things that he created for the Beastie Boys, the White Stripes, Neil Young, Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Uh, has unfortunately passed away at a yeah. young age at 61. Uh, not not an age. No, no age at all. He's a, I, he was a, he's a graphic artist. Yeah, he was a graphic artist, not a photographer. But, you know, photography is an art and we should, as photographers, we should all be aware of different art forms and different artists because I'm mm. sure that photography was a part of what he was actually doing. Um, yeah. But he was a real, as I said, he was a real creative force of nature and his work that he created and the sex and the success that he's achieved in a very short space of time um took him to uh, uh took him to great heights um self-taught artist uh, self-taught artist in his late teens he began creating artwork for friends bands um started designing posters he used to paste them to telephone poles um mm. and um and from there he moved into doing um 
posters for concerts and everything. And I mean, it's all changed now. You know, yeah. who, who 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 pastes posters onto onto uh, telephone poles and on walls and stuff? It, you know, no, it's all on Instagram these days, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, um, but you know that that all of that work when you look back when you look back at it, back at it, it, it really stands. You know, it, it's all very very valid and everything um and he was responsible for designing a lot of logos and he worked with brands such as uh nike and swatch and he collaborated with you know a huge number of artists uh and toy designers as well which i found sort of quite interesting when mm. i was uh, when i was looking at his work did some work for dc and marvel and created mm. some superhero inspired versions of, of some of their work as well so the chances are most of you have probably come across um frank posick's work but have never been aware that he was the guy behind it so i yeah. wanted to give him a nod um because you know when it comes to and we've spoken about this a few times but i think so many people do when it comes to uh album covers you know that they are they were you know pieces of art um mm. you know some of the some of the, the you know you look at some of the iconic album covers pink floyd's wish you were here dark side of the moon everybody knows those front covers they you know they all know people everyone can you know uh you know if they see dark side of the moon album cover somewhere most people will know that that's a pink floyd album cover they may not even know the name of the album but they'll know that it was uh it was pink it was pink floyd and, and you'd buy you know i remember the times when you'd buy vinyl and i've got a really good sort of vinyl collection those album covers the Rolling Stone sticky fingers that had uh, uh, the guy's crotch on the front cover and a real zip uh, on mm -hmm. his jeans. If you manage to buy the one with the real zip, um, mm -hmm. you know, and and all of those people use photography hip hypnosis, um, which were uh, they were a, um, they were an art design group based in London. I think it was a couple of Swedish guys, Storm Torgerson and Aubrey Powell, or um, were, were the guys that started it, and mm -hmm. they designed and and their their work included a lot of photography the wish you were here album cover for example yeah, for example the guys on fire mm. the guys on fire he actually was they had to yeah. they had to you know it wasn't well, done stunt man. He was yeah stuntman yeah yeah he, he, exactly that's right yeah and you pour over those album covers and before the uh, before the age of risk assessment forms as well just going to throw that one in yeah, there yeah can you imagine <laughs> and yeah. actual fact this is really I know it's just about to say, but the, the time, this also times in with the, this company hypnosis where a, a, a film is coming out. I think it's being released in the next couple of weeks because I saw a trailer for it only just this morning. Um, uh, I about I saw something. Yeah, about their album covers and they designed and they talk. And in this trailer, they talked to Dave Gilmore from Pink Floyd, Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, Paul McCartney. They talked to uh, Liam, I think it's Noel Gallagher that they talked to as well. Um, because these guys were iconic, and one of my favorite, the two of my favorites, was the um, uh, the wish you were here one with the two guys shaking hands. That photo of the two guys shaking hands, and one of them was on fire. But the other one that I still think, and I want to do this one day, and I've never done it, and I, and, I, and <laughs> um, was one of the Led Zeppelin cover albums was in through the outdoor. Now I don't know if you were aware of this, Mark, but that album was when it was released, it came in a brown paper bag with yeah. Led Zeppelin in through the outdoor stamped on it. When you took mm. it out of the brown paper bag, it had um, an, an inner sleeve. And there were two pictures on that inner sleeve, one on the front and one on the back. And the photo on that, or was it just on the front? I think it was just on one of the covers, was a photo of a group of, I think, seven people standing in a bar. And you had the barman, you had a person sitting uh, at the bar who was lighting a cigarette 
you had the guy, you had a guy playing a piano, you had a lady standing in a corner and someone coming in through the door. So I think you had seven people coming in into, there were seven people in this photo. But what hypnosis did was they released seven different covers. Mm. Okay. And each each of those covers were shot from the point of view from each of those seven people. So in actual fact, you see six people in the image, I think it is. Mm. But the view that you see is shot from each one of those people. Does that make sense? Yes, so the it guy does. Who, the guy who's sitting at the bar, who's buying a drink, is lighting a cigarette. And you see the mm. flame from his match. And as he's looking down, you see his view. And then you've got the guy who's that you see the barman. You see his view of looking mm. at it. And I think that was pure genius. So they released mm. seven different designs um, of that uh, of, of that album. Um, and I feel that, like that sort of thing is, is it's a bit of a lost art in some respects. Yes, I know vinyl's made a bit of a resurgence, but the most popular way to consume music these days is through streaming. And the artwork gets, gets kind of left behind a little bit with that medium, I find, um, which is a shame because there's no way a record company would 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 have that kind of a budget for like all those different albums but with different covers on you know it, it, it just wouldn't be cost efficient these days it's not something they would do so i do feel in some respects that yeah the, the art has lost a little bit in some of these things hmm. it's a great little the great little thing um on that where i think i think uh, noel gallagher from uh, uh oasis is at, at the front you know when you were collecting album covers it was like the cheapest way of collecting art or something yeah. you know in so, yeah, yeah you know, which, which is great and and then there was paul mccartney was was very briefly says that uh that he wanted for one of his album covers something that had to be shot but it had to be shot on mount everest so hypnosis i think actually they actually went out to do this shoot yeah. on mount everest the photographers went out there i think that's what actually happened but i mean in, incredible and there was another guy but just to give him a nod just to finish off there's peter christopherson who was also part of it and um he was responsible for some of the earliest promotional photography that was shot for the sex pistols mm-hmm. um so you know again for so many people out there you're probably so familiar with these images that were shot by frank Pozik and and the album covers that were designed and produced and designed by hypnosis you're probably all familiar but maybe you weren't actually aware that who actually shot them and, and aware of the amount of photography content that was involved in all of that um and and if if you're not an album collector record collector something just go back and look at an album there's so many books on great album covers they it's a great mm. it's a great book to have in your house it's a great coffee table book um yeah. just to have the, the you know, best album covers so uh um good stuff so we've given a nod to those guys. Um, yeah. Mark, I just wanted to finish off on something very topical, the last thing. Uh, and again, it's a nod to somebody else. Uh, Hugo uh, Bernand. Oh, yes. Name ring a bell? Photographer yes. Hugo yes. Bernand? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, yes, I believe he was the guy who was in charge of some of the coronation photographs. Is that right? He was, yeah. And yes, he was he yes. was responsible also for shooting William and Kate's wedding. But talking was, about uh, choice returning clients, I mean, my word. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to book you again, please. So, yeah. so he did the official photos, coronation photos. Now, I read some mixed reports from different photographers on some of those images. Um, uh, and a lot, of, a lot of people were picking holes in some of the pictures, the way Charles is sat, the crown not being quite right and, and, and all of that. And uh, maybe well, that was the case. Maybe, maybe. so. But, um, I haven't really looked know. at it in that respect. But, um, you know, from, from, from the brief look that I got, they, they look 
they look good i mean i didn't we were both working during the coronation so i didn't mm. really get a chance to look at it but i did notice that 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 bird's eye view shot in the abbey was about again um westminster abbey i just love that shot i think it's just a great camera view of what seeing you know the the way the floor and the, just the way the the architecture is just zooming down like that i just thought that would look really cool um but you know regarding his photography i haven't really looked at it that much the fact of the matter is he has got a dream gig there and like i said the best returning clients i mean my word um you know most of the other photographers would love to have that that kind of uh that kind of project um it'd be very scary and it just goes back to that joke i said uh, many episodes ago you know there's a joke about photography um how many photographers does it take to change a light bulb i'll say three one to actually do it and the other two to say how they would do it better unfortunately that is something in a photography industry um and <laughs> sums them up i, I mean, think yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, there's a picture here, you know, at um, uh, Prince Charles and Camilla's wedding back in 2005. It's a group picture and uh, it's a family picture and William and Harry are in that picture. And it's a group picture shot at a wedding. I could pick faults with that picture all day long, but but mm. I won't do because he's got the gig. He's done it. He's done it perfectly well. They're not things yeah. that most people would notice anyway. And he's done it the way that he has. And uh, he's got himself into that situation. And. You know, fair, fair play. play to him. All the best. Yeah. Fair, you know, all the best to him. Uh, you know, uh, great job, Hugo. Um, it's great that a photographer. You know, it's great when you hear success stories like this. And uh, mm. and for people out there that that say, oh, he didn't quite do this. The crown wasn't right, or someone's not turned in, and all of that. It's all nonsense. You know, that's. Uh, yeah. I mean, it might be uh, right, but you know, at the end of the day. But yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a picture there that I can pick fault with, but I'm not going to because yeah. there's just no point. You know, there's I'm not no going to say, point. oh no, he's got that completely wrong. When you're under pressure. You know, these things happen, yeah. you know, yeah. so uh, <laughs> good stuff. Mark, I think that wraps it up for another I show. think that does, yes. So um, I, I, I just want to say thank you to Canon again for sending us uh, uh, the R6 Mark II. Um, yeah, brilliant for reviews. So we're really looking forward to, to getting some more of those uh, reviews from Canon. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I just want to thank all of you guys for tuning in um, and listening to us ramble on about stuff today. Um, we, we do like a good ramble, but I hope you find it entertaining and educational, you know, all, all this kind of things. But please do subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. If you're new to listening to us, uh, please do subscribe. Uh, we are on Spotify. We're on Amazon Music. We're on iTunes. And um, we are soon to be on youtube as well um i think we're going to be on youtube this episode might be on youtube i can't really remember we are trying to sort it all out um but yeah do check that and if we are on youtube check us out and subscribe to that as well that'd be really really cool um and yeah all that remains really for me to say is cheerio and um looking forward to uh releasing the next episode in a couple of weeks cheers guys